0: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Alright,
3: let me, let me turn my talk. Here we go. How uh. uh, he said he living life as a gringo. Where you question, where you fit in every time you mingle, They say you do this with none of that. My rapping is really bad. <laughs> this life as a gringo. Yes, hello, and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo. I am Dramos, of course. And man. Oh, it is Thursday. And that means it's our Thursday trends episode. And there is a lot to talk about this week. So I'm gonna be flying solo on this because I wanna just kind of be able to spearhead it and get right into kind of the nitty gritty of all that has been going on this week because it is pretty fucking scary. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna waste much time here. I think we all know. I have to man get into what's going on with the Supreme Court and Roe v. Wade and the inevitable uh, strike down of of a decision that has protected a woman's right to choose a woman's right to decide what to do with her own body in regards to an abortion. And it's just scary times. Obviously, we've seen it being posted uh, all over the place, rightfully so. So I want to I want to get into that. Um, Man, one of the other stories I want to to tackle this week is J.D. Vance, who has now won the Ohio State primary, backed by Donald Trump. And he has some words for Mexicans and, of course, that got the Republicans all riled up, and now this man is a legitimate candidate for Senate. Very scary times to be living in. On the on the positive side of things, for me, end that segment. I want to honor all of us, everybody out there who who did something, who chose to uh, participate in 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 making a story go viral that has now uh, helped give uh, a woman the chance to have a brand new trial in texas this is actually a follow-up to a story that i covered a few weeks ago so i'll give you an update on that we're talking about the latina in texas who is sentenced to death for the uh, alleged murder of her two-year-old daughter i have an update on that and it's a positive one thankfully because man it seemed like this was just gonna be one of them weeks where we had nothing but nonsense to talk about and then our ask a gringo segment I'm going to ask y'all a question that I already know the answer to, but I'm going to give y'all an opportunity to kind of vent a little bit. But without further ado, man, let's just do a deep dive into this nonsense from this last week in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say a lot for the people in the back. All right, so obviously my focal point and what I want to start with this week is a leaked document that has been uh, circulating from the from the Supreme Court. It's gone viral now, and this is uh, a document that showcases that the Supreme Court has actually voted to strike down the landmark Roe v. Wade decision. And again, this is according to an initial draft majority opinion that was written by Justice Alito, and this uh, circulated inside the court and then was actually leaked. Uh, and obtained by politico now this leaked document isn't final but it does show that the supreme court the majority are in fact in favor of striking down roe v wade which is the uh, landmark court case that has granted women their right to choose in this country now uh for context here when it comes to this opinion because that's basically what what was leaked was a. Uh, an internal opinion from the Supreme Court. They're saying deliberations on controversial cases have in the past been fluid. Justices can and sometimes do change their votes as draft opinions circulate and major decisions can be subject to multiple drafts and vote trading. Sometimes until just days before a decision is unveiled, the court's holding will not be final until it is published. And this is likely in the next two months. So there is some hope there. Somebody might change their mind. They might see the public outrage that's been happening. They might see the protests that have been breaking out all over the country, um, the the public outcry over over this. So it's not set in stone, but it is incredibly scary and incredibly telling of the direction of this country and also the repercussions of of having uh, people like Donald Trump in office who ended up uh, appointing some of these Supreme Court justices, you know, and even just as a whole, this showing the radicalization of, of the political system in this country because the Supreme Court is supposed to be an unbiased body, right? They're not supposed to vote along party lines on issues. They're not supposed to follow, you know, the lead of what the president who elected them, you know, leans towards. They're supposed to just listen to facts and make decisions based upon that. But what we've seen here is that we have radicalization In our Supreme Court. Which is a very scary thing. Because this is supposed to be the most prestigious. You know legal title in this country. They are supposed to be the people that are the final say. On really important issues. And even you look at somebody like Justice Clarence Thomas. Who his wife. Was fucking texting. You know um, Trump aides. About how to. Overturn the election. Like all this is coming out when it comes to. To January 6th. So like. It's really showing the bias that people have. And it's very scary to think that the governing body in this country that oversees all cases, you know, from either side, the most important cases, has their own bias and now is becoming unafraid to publicly vote according to the the party of the person that put them in office. And that's what is extremely scary about this whole situation and, and is unprecedented, to be quite honest, when it comes to this country. Like, if you noticed when... Kentaji brown jackson was getting questioned by by congress she wouldn't answer anything that gave away her own personal opinion her own personal feelings or affiliations to religion or anything like that because that's not what she's there for that's not a part of her job is to uh it's not to give her own opinion it's to listen to the facts of the case presented and make a non-biased decision but obviously that doesn't seem to be happening anywhere in this country Now, continue on with this article that I'm I'm reading from. They say that the immediate impact of the ruling as drafted in February would be the end of a half-century guarantee of federal constitutional protection of abortion rights and allow each state to decide whether to restrict or ban abortion. It's unclear if there have been subsequent changes to the draft. Like I said, it's a draft, so it's not final. Uh, This happened in February and is now just being leaked, so we don't know what changes have been made or haven't been made right, and you know when you when you look at this as a whole. I mean, you know, you have Biden coming out, President Biden coming out, saying that he supports a woman's right to choose. But what would happen with this if it was struck down? Each state would be able to choose, you know, whether or not they want to ban abortions, uh, basically, right? And and they're saying that you know by the looks of of how states have been sort of preparing for this moment, uh, it's said that 23 states would likely ban abortions if this was to actually be made official. So almost half of the country would now ban abortions. And let's be clear here. Rich people, majority of whom, of course, are inevitably going to be white because that's who holds the wealth in this country, aren't going to have much of an issue with this, right? They can happily fly to another state that allows abortions and go and get it done. This is going to affect the everyday person, which generally happens to be poor people of color who may not be able to afford to travel to different states or hop on a plane to travel to a state. That would allow them to to get an abortion. And what happens when you have people who are already, uh, you know, impoverished, are already struggling to make ends meet. And now they have to, uh, you know, take on a a, a child when they're not ready to. It's just going to set them back generationally once again. And the cycle will continue of people of color in this country being held back and being unable to have some sort of foot forward. Now, of course, this then leads to what the fuck are Democrats doing to try and fight against this? They have the House. They have the Senate. Why are they not doing something to to block this from happening or to potentially protect the rights of women? So I'm going to read a, a couple different quotes and some information that I was gathering uh, while reading about this. And uh, this is a a quote from Senator Amy uh, Klobuchar from Minnesota. And she says, I think we need to once again bring the Women's Health Protection Act up for a vote that would guarantee that Roe v. Wade would be the law of the land. Our Republican colleagues have, very sadly for the women of America, been blocking that from coming up to a vote. But I believe we need to immediately call it up again for a vote. Now, she's speaking on a couple of different things. So you have the the Women's Health Protection Act, which was actually passed by the House. And you had every Democrat except for uh, Henry... Queller out of Texas voting in favor of of this. And surprise, surprise, every Republican unanimously voting against it. Now, again, it passed the House, but was unable to, to then take a vote in the Senate because Republicans in the Senate led a filibuster of the bill. It was blocked from even being debated in February. Now, from the Democrat side, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is saying that the chamber would need to vote on this issue again. And that's why you sort of hear this conversation of like the filibuster and all this stuff. It basically allows people to create a stalemate uh, on the Senate floor and not allow things to be debated. It's an old, outdated rule. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I understand all of the ins and outs of why it was even created, but it's been used by Republicans at this point to block certain things from coming to the floor, so that Democrats now can't vote on them, uh, especially now that they have the the majority. But basically, this this whole thing that we're talking about. This Protection Act that I mentioned would codify the the law and would protect uh, that would essentially protect the rights that Roe v. Wade has granted women when it comes to the idea of abortion. And I'm not a lawyer. Codify just for clarity because I looked it up as well means to arrange laws or rules in a systematic code. The process of codification can involve taking judicial decisions or legislative acts and turning them into codified law. So creating laws to essentially protect this regardless of what the Supreme Court ends up doing. And now that we've gotten kind of the factual, you know, stuff out of the way when it comes to exactly what the fuck is going on right now, I want to kind of just talk a bit about the hypocrisy of this whole thing that's happening right now. And I actually, I love this this um, idea from, from Anna Kasparian from The Young Turks. She had a really interesting take. I'm just paraphrasing, but she was basically saying, I have no problem with your religious beliefs because obviously many of the people in favor of, of banning abortions are, are Christian. So she's, she's talking about she has no problem with people's religious beliefs and and their right to not choose abortion. But in what world does it make sense that someone else's religious beliefs should now be pushed upon everyone else and then be used as a means to tell other women what they can and can't do with their body? Like, it it makes no sense. Somebody make it make sense, right? Like, if you really think about this, this is like the quintessential colonizer mindset, right? It's the idea that anyone else's beliefs are less valuable than yours, and that everyone else has to conform to what you believe if they merely just want to exist in this world, right? And it's so fucking frustrating, so ridiculous. We've seen historically how this has played out. It's caused wars. It's caused, you know, mass murder, Uh it, Man, rape, pillaging everything you could think of, right? These stupid ideas that we believe this, therefore it's everybody else should believe this, right? It's such a a white privilege, a, a colonizer mindset that we are the end-all be-all when it comes to saying what is or isn't right and whatever you believe is in fact wrong. And this is just like, remnants of 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 that notion of that colonizer mindset that has infected this country since its inception and and what's ironic to me when i talk about the hypocrisy like what about when it came to masks and when it came to uh mandatory vaccinations right you had people on the right many of whom who are now okay with banning abortions like they were arguing that you know the government has no right to tell me what to do with my body like how the fuck is wearing a mask in public to protect the safety of others too much. But telling a woman that she has to carry an unwanted pregnancy for nine months, like that's okay? Again, make it make sense. The hypocrisy is so insane to me. And it's all about convenience, right? Like Republicans always talk about wanting less government. But again, show their hypocrisy when it comes to things like this, you know? And at the end of the day, these people are full of shit. Most of these of these politicians that are claiming, uh, you know, this about God and religion and Christianity, all this nonsense. They don't actually believe that you know what they're what they're talking about. You have fucking people in office right now who are being, uh, you know, investigated for uh, child sex trafficking and, and all these different things. A couple of the Supreme Court justices actually have credible sexual assault allegations against them. Like none of that sounds very Christian to me, but you had no problem putting those people in office. Uh, fighting for those people having those people's back right like it's it's really it's really just an act it's really just a performance art and it's all about getting the christian conservative base in this country to continue to blindly vote for them that's what it is all about and to me i know a lot of people be like well listen you can give the baby up for adoption afterwards all that that that's that's your right but what about the the woman the mom right that has to go through all kinds of uh genetic changes for 9 months has to probably miss out on work has uh, who knows if her job even covers um you know the the time off needed for uh carrying a baby or or what happens after she gives birth to the baby the recovery time right and again this mainly affects people of color the people that are struggling in this country already you're now putting them at a further disadvantage and let's just talk about some stats here like Among 11 developed countries, the US has the highest maternal mortality rate, has a relative undersupply of maternity care providers, and is the only country not to guarantee access to provider home visits or paid parental leave in the postpartum period. And this is uh, according to a report from the Commonwealth Fund. And let's continue on with this. Maternal death rates have been increasing in the United States since 2000. And although 700 pregnancy-related deaths occur each year. Two-thirds of these deaths are considered to be preventable. Two-thirds, more than half of these deaths are considered to be preventable. But you still have 700 pregnancy-related deaths happening in this country each and every year. And the numbers are only rising. So it's not as simple as just carrying the baby, giving birth, and then putting it up for adoption. Women are literally dying giving birth in this country at an alarming rate. And of course, who is going to be affected in this country? It always ends up being people of color, and specifically let's talk about women of color. The pregnancy related mortality rate for black women with at least a college degree was 5.2 times that of their white counterparts, right? So we're not even talking about, you know, people who are living in in poverty because most people who have at least a college degree have some sort of access to funds or backing or or the ability to get some sort of loan that they need to go to college, right? So you're talking about that people that aren't, you know, living in, in squalors, women that are even college graduates, are still having 5.2 times the pregnancy-related mortality rate of their white counterparts. And there's no way around it. It's an attack on women of color. There's no way of, of, of of, of getting around that. These statistics back that up. So in a country that doesn't protect its mothers, doesn't care about providing them with adequate care postpartum, doesn't care about making it mandatory for jobs to, to give them the a proper amount of time, all of the above, you, you think about that. And yet the right has no problem with telling them they need to carry unwanted pregnancies to term. It's it's really scary and just shows the disconnect the people in power have from the everyday person. And it's just a really sad reality when you have men out there voting and telling women what they can or cannot do with their body. <sighs> I don't want to be an alarmist. I don't want to be uh gaslighting anybody, but you have to recognize how scary this is. And and again. Who knows where this stops, right? Because this is just one thing. Who's to say that the rights of the LGBTQ plus uh, community don't start getting rolled back, right? Like we don't know where this extreme Christian conservatism ends, right? If they're, they're saying what they believe is the law of the land, well, they believe a lot of really wacky shit. And who knows where it in fact ends? And that's what scares me. I know a lot of people will be like, that would never happen in this country. Well, guess what? We've said that a shit ton of times. We said Donald Trump will never be elected president. We've said this would never happen. That would never happen. And now look at all the shit that's going on in this country. And you know what history would tell us? You can never say that would never happen because oftentimes you will be proved wrong. (sighs) I need to I need to to take a breather. I need to get some water. So let's take a, a quick break and then we'll be right back with more.
1: Para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al one o visita Prednant20enespañol.com.
2: The gangster rap boldly addressed from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go.
4: Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.
3: All right, we are back. And the last thing I want to get into when it comes to the nonsense from this last week You have a Trump-backed candidate, uh, J.D. Vance, winning the Ohio Senate Republican primary. And this guy has gone viral because he has no issue just putting his racism and extremism and hatred towards Mexicans on full display, literally starting his campaign video asking people, quote, are you racist? Do you hate Mexicans? And then he goes on to say that he wants to finish Trump's border wall and that drugs are being brought across the Ohio border. And the one thing he doesn't blatantly say but insinuates is that he's blaming Mexicans for these drugs coming across the border, right? The same nonsense we heard with Trump that, uh, you know, they're rapists and uh, drug dealers coming across the border. Now, I would play you the actual audio, but one of the downsides uh, being affiliated with a large media company is that they are very concerned about copyright uh, issues. So uh, at the risk of getting yelled at and potentially getting sued, I'm not going to play the audio, but literally Google J.D. Vance campaign video, and I'm sure this is going to pop up for you. I'll even include a, a link to it in the show notes because I know it sounds so ridiculous, but it's real. He's literally dog whistling, not even dog whistling, blatantly just saying like, oh, you're racist? You hate Mexicans? Well, I'm your guy then, right? That's basically what he's saying. And this asshole literally wins the, the Republican primary. And Donald Trump, of course, backs him. And now he's Trump's new buddy, right? Where they're all their best friends and and all of the above. And the irony is, and this, this to me, once again, just shows you the performance that is happening right now. This is all theater that is happening with these political candidates. They're doing whatever they have to do. They're selling their soul to the devil in order to get elected. Literally, uh, during Trump's initial uh, presidency campaign in 2016, Vance publicly labeled Trump as, quote, uh, and I got this from the from Financial Times. Vance publicly labeled Trump, quote, an idiot, reprehensible and noxious. And then privately, he was actually even more brutal when talking about Trump um, after some leaked Facebook messages were unearthed by uh, Josh McLaurin, who's actually a Georgia state legislator and former classmate of, of J.D. Vance's. J.D. Vance told him, quote, I go back and forth between thinking Trump is a cynical asshole like Nixon, who wouldn't be that bad and maybe even prove useful, or that he's America's Hitler. Think about that. This guy literally said Trump may be America's Hitler and is now playing grab ass with him in the media, talking about how great Donald Trump is. And Donald Trump is, of course, loving it and boasting about how great J.D. Vance is. Like, It's fucking wild to me. And nobody seems to care. Nobody cares that these words were were said. Like Everybody just seems to be okay with ignoring the fact that it's very obvious these people are saying and doing whatever they can to try and get their hand on a little bit of that Donald Trump power that somehow still exists in this country. And it's a very, very scary thing to think about when you have people who have no problem publicly saying that they dislike. Mexicans in this country. And, and, and as Latinos, we should be offended for our Mexican brothers and sisters. But even on a more macro scale, for most ignorant, racist white people in this country, we're all Mexicans. They don't care to take the time to learn about our different cultures. They don't give a fuck about that. To them, we are all Mexican. Therefore, we are all a part of the problem. Therefore, we are all at risk and we are all looked at as not only lesser than by these people, but also looked at as a threat by them. And we've seen what happens when these people feel threatened. They do all kinds of crazy shit from mass shootings to, uh, man, an insurrection on the country like we saw January 6th. Like this, all these things happening should strike fear in the heart of every person of color in this country because these white racists are getting very, very bold and they are getting themselves into positions that, man, hold a lot of power and could affect the quality of life for all of us. And don't think there's not some racist asshole sitting at home right now watching this and thinking, hey, this is my ticket to getting into power now. This is my ticket for spreading hate, right? This is the thing. You know, when you talk about these these white supremacists, these racist assholes, they're no longer going to show up wearing hoods and burning crosses on people's front lawns and doing things like that. No, they're going to throw on a suit They're going to run for office and they're going to become best friends with Donald Trump in hopes that he endorses them and helps them get into power to then take the rights away from the rest of us. And that's why we have to be concerned. That's why we have to be, man, nervous about all that we're seeing and understand the severity of the moment that we're in right now and that we need to use our voice and we need to organize in any way that we possibly can to combat the nonsense that's happening in this country right now. (sighs) Ah, man. All right. I'm going (laughs) to. I'm going to move on to something lighter because I know it's been a really scary week uh, for, for many of us. A lot of people I've seen on social media just expressing disdain for what they've been seeing and expressing fear, rightfully so. So let's take a, a little positive break here, if you will, with our this segment. And we will talk about, man, someone who has the ability to now get justice. And it's a big thanks to all of us who participated in this campaign. And we'll get into that in our Mi Gente segment. Mi Gente. right. so if you remember a few weeks ago, I talked about the story of Melissa Lucio, who was a Texas-born Latina who was sentenced to death for the alleged murder of her two-year-old daughter, Mariah. And now she has actually been granted a stay of execution by the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals on the grounds that Lucio was not granted a fair and honest trial during her initial prosecution. So literally, I don't remember if it was like the day before, but it couldn't have been more than a couple of days before that she was set to be executed. And then they ended up calling it off. Right. And and this was thanks in large part to all of us. Right. Anybody who participated in this, I left the, you know, the text message number that people could send in to to sign the petition, there was a huge public outcry for this, and our voices worked. So I want to make sure I honor all of us who who did our part to make sure that our voice was heard in this situation. Now, she's not you know, going to get released from jail right now, but it basically means that Melissa Lucio is getting a do-over where she and her defense will be able to present the case that they should have presented the first time around. Uh, now, it's not as simple as one might think. Again, she doesn't automatically get a new trial, And she remains on death row for the time being. But in an article from MSN, they say, quote, according to Lucille's attorneys, the trial court in Brownsville will hold proceedings to hear evidence of Lucille's innocence. The court would then make a recommendation to the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, which ultimately decides whether Lucille should receive a new trial. And that's according to one of Lucille's attorneys. So, again, she's not out of the woods yet, but at least they get to present the evidence to at least uh, you know, fight for her innocence and for a new trial, which is all that we were asking for in these petitions that we signed. So, man, some good news there. And I think, once again, shows you the power of the people when we organize, when we get behind something, when we decide to participate. Um, things like this can happen. I know it's incredibly frustrating. I know there's so much going out there in the world that we need to be fighting for. So many different stories, so many different atrocities that are happening right now. But man, all we could do is the the best that we can. And this proves that we do have power as long as we organize and decide to take action, which is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, with that said, we're going to kind of dive back into maybe some of the nonsense uh, here for our Ask a Gringo segment. But first, let's take uh, another quick break and then we'll be right back. Smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart. I think like it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like we have fun, but then he would treat me like crap.
0: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.
4: Ask a Gringo.
3: All right, so for this week's Ask a Gringo segment, I made it simple and just asked y'all, what in today's world has you most concerned and why? I think obviously there's so much to be concerned about. We touched on a bunch of it at the beginning of the show. And of course, uh, you know, from your responses, your answers, that's what a lot of people were were talking about. Um, So I'll read a few of those responses that I got. I want to make sure y'all have a, a voice. Of course, you know, this is your platform just as much as it is mine. So. Uh, I'm going to read a few that we got here um, at Nicolosa underscore Vega says, obviously, the leak draft of the Supreme Court overturning Roe Is this real life? People really believing it's about a, quote, baby's life. No, it's about keeping the poor poor. It's a racist move in every sense of the word, because, you know, white, wealthy, cis women will still have access to their abortions. And I couldn't have said it better myself, you know. At the end of the day, money will always talk. And at the end of the day, in this country, as it stands right now, the majority of the wealth is hoarded by white people. So they have no problem with things like this happening because they know regardless, they're going to have the money to get this done, be it flying to another state, be it flying to another country. They're going to be able to figure out a way to get this done if, in fact, they choose to not want to give birth or have an unwanted baby. But but like you said, this is all about keeping the poor poor, right? Because what happens when you have people who are already struggling now have to take on an unwanted pregnancy now have to potentially miss out on work uh, and and now have to figure out how to provide for this baby or man, even just deal with having to slow down for the nine months uh, that they're carrying this child. And God forbid the health risks that come along with giving birth to a child like all of the above. If it doesn't kill them, it definitely sets them back another generation, right? And that's the the scary thing. It just keeps us in this same cycle over and over again of just getting by, struggling each and every day. And that's what things like this does. That's what it's meant to do. Don't let them fool you that it's about religion. It's about the Bible and all this shit. No, 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 no. It's about continuing to to increase the gap between the haves and the have-nots. And who are the have-nots in this country? Sadly, they are the people of color. And that's what this all is about. So thank you so much for, for giving us that take. Honestly, the majority of them were about Roe v. Wade that I was getting here. Uh, so I, I'm not going to keep harping on that too much because I know it's really, really fucking depressing. Uh, let's see. At Jade writes, it said, The downfall of America, though. First Roe v. Wade. Next, civil rights. All that's left next is Russia rising to megalomaniacal leaders, quote, superpower status. And then we're just watching the world burn. Big trash energy. People are trash. I usually try to end in a positive, but I'm really going through it. And I get it. I completely get it. I mean, I think we can't all be be positive all the time. It's a scary time to be alive. And I agree with all that you said. This potentially is just the beginning the overturning of Roe v. Wade. You know, who knows where it ends? You know, we've already seen, you know, majority of these states that are in favor of banning Roe v. Wade have also been trying to make it more difficult for people to vote. And when I say people, of course, you're talking about people of color. They're already trying to take away voting rights. They're trying to do whatever they can to put themselves in positions to maintain power at the expense of people of color in this country. And that's what's really scary. Again, where does it end? And I agree everything that's going on with with Russia is is scary as well you know and you think about what precedent does this set for other crazy leaders in this in this world you know what i mean who decide you know what i'm just going to go and take over another country because i feel like it right it's it's a really scary thing to think about you know and and even if they're not invading our country it has implications for us you know obviously we in this country have taken a a stance to back the the Ukraine with money and support and all kinds of sanctions against Russia and things like that, which also then makes us a target potentially for, uh, for, you know, Russian retaliation. And at the same time, while we're busy sending millions of dollars over to the Ukraine, that's, that's taking away millions of dollars that potentially could be reinvested into the people in this country who need it. And once again, who are those people that generally speaking need that money, need that, that support when it comes to infrastructure and all of the above of course it is people of color you know we would love to have that kind of money infused into some of these uh, communities where people of color are struggling right but of course what happens it goes towards the aid of some other country because that it has some sort of political leverage that the us needs right and and by the way this isn't discrediting the atrocities that are happening in the ukraine all i'm saying is there are plenty of atrocities that are happening in the U.S. right now that many politicians don't seem to give a damn about. Whew, man, all right. Thank y'all so much for participating in this conversation at DJ Dramos on Instagram. If you want to be a part of these, I do it for each and every show. Now, man, let's take everything we've talked about in today's show, tie it up in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. Time for Conclusion Stew. Man, I'll keep this this short and sweet because it's been a really heavy episode. But I I think it's appropriate that we officially sound the alarm on our freedoms as we know them. People are very obviously no longer hiding exactly who they are and their own intentions and their own sinister goals on how to retain power and get even more power. Like I said earlier, you know, these white supremacists are no longer you know, walking around in hoods and burning crosses. They threw on a suit and have decided to run for office. They've decided to start their own uh, media outlets. They've decided to get employed by gigantic media outlets, right? They, there is no more hiding in the shadows. They are feeling incredibly empowered, and they feel like they even have the right to uh, organize an insurrection and storm the Capitol because the person they voted for didn't win the election. Like the days of them hiding in the shadows are are no longer here. You can't publicly shame them into not doing something bad. They don't give a fuck. They have no problem showing you their cards and who they are. And the rest of us need to wake the fuck up. The other politicians out there need to wake the fuck up. They need to grow some balls. They need to actually give a damn about the people that they are representing. And I'm not letting Democrats off the hook on this either. Like, They they themselves are corrupted in their own ways. They themselves only care about what benefits them, what makes them look good, what benefits their agenda. You know, Joe Biden has had no problem breaking multiple promises that he's made and not focusing on people of color uh, in this country. But sadly, they are our only hope right now. and, And we need them to wake the fuck up and start making some real moves. To, to save, man, democracy as we know it. And I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm not trying to tell you that the world is, uh, you know, on the verge of, of burning down. But I don't know. I can't help but feel like there's some smoke in the air. And I hope that I'm wrong. But from what we've seen, man, it's like the more extreme your views are when it comes to the conservatives, the more popular you end up being. And that is a very, very scary, scary scenario when you consider the fact that Most of these people are just playing some sort of character for popularity. But the people who are backing them, the people that are believing in them, have no idea that this is just a game. And they are literally doing whatever they can to uphold the views of these crazy people. And man, that is a really scary, scary recipe. But on the positive side, like the story we talked about, the woman in Texas who is set to be executed, it shows you the power of organizing. It shows you the power of using our voices, of getting together and and advocating for the things that we believe in. So as hopeless as it may seem right now in this world, we can't allow ourselves to just curl up in a ball and allow the world to burn around us. We have to do our part. Whatever we can do, we all have a role to play in this world and in this country of trying to fight for what's right. We can't control the outcome, but at least we know we gave it our best shot to do whatever it is that we can do to make things right. And that's all you could ever ask of yourself. And that's all I could ever ask of anybody. Now, with that said, man, dark times out here in the world, I suggest disconnecting a little bit if you can put down the social media for a little bit this weekend, turn off the the news. You know, we all know the doomsday scenarios that they're going to be throwing out there. And some of them may have some legs, some of them may be legitimate, but also allow yourself to have a bit of a mental break because you're no good to yourself or or the world around you if you are just in a terrible mental state because of all that's happening in the world right now. Not to say that you don't have every right to be, but make sure you take care of yourself so that you are in a better position to then take care of others. So if you need to this weekend, feel no shame in unplugging from everything. Go outside, enjoy nature, spend some time with the people you love. All this nonsense, sadly, will still be there on Monday. So Utilize this weekend to to give yourself a bit of a break from all that. Now, with that said, thank you all so much for tuning into this week's episode. I appreciate you. If you like what you hear and you feel so inclined, man, you know, subscribe wherever you listen to. uh, Give us a a good review wherever you're listening to. All that kind of stuff really does help out in various ways to help the show grow and to help the show continue to go on as it has been. So, man, thank you all once again. Have an amazing weekend. Enjoy yourself. Take some time again. Rest, relax, unplug. And I'll catch y'all on Tuesday with a brand new episode. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of iHeart's My Podcast Network.
0: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rapport's Reality with me, Kibi Rapaport. And me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.